Good evening. Um, thank you for singing my favorite song tonight. It makes me want to fly right out of here every time I hear it. Welcome to Refuge. It is so good to be with here with you worshiping tonight. My name is David and I am one of the teaching pastors here at Refuge. It is good to be here in air conditioning. Uh, that's for sure. One of the things that uh, one of the reasons why I moved to Florida was because I love the hot weather. I love the warm weather because warm weather helps the 15 pounds of hardware in my back because if I get too cold, uh, then I feel like I freeze up like the Tin Man and I hurt worse. Well, the past few weeks, I've been hurting even worse, and now I think I know why. I'm not a doctor, but I think that my hardware is melting because of how hot it is outside. I mean, that's just my hypothesis. So if you see like, you know, silver coming out of me, then you know it's my hardware that's melting. Tonight we are continuing the story of Jesus walking on water. Nicole did a great job last weekend speaking from Mark's perspective. Tonight we're going to be looking at Matthew's perspective. We're going to jump right into this. Matthew 14, 22 through 31. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. Now, what, what this means is he dismiss, he's dismissing the 5,000 that they just fed with like two things of uh, Long John Silver's fish sandwiches. Um, so he's dismissing them. So he tells the disciples to get in the boat and go ahead of him. And he had dismissed them. He went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. So even Jesus needs to get away from people from time to time. It's okay to be by yourself. Jesus needed it himself. And the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. Let's pray. Fathers, we open up your word. I pray that you speak to our hearts and our minds. Father, I also pray for the people that are in Maui, Hawaii right now, and those that are struggling, who've lost everything and even loved ones. I pray that you reach down to them and you touch them and you bring them comfort, comfort that only you can bring. And as we go through this worship service tonight, I pray that you meet us where we are and that we leave here, we leave here changed and knowing you a little bit more. In Jesus' name, amen. How many of you can remember a popular art trend back in the 90s where there were pictures called stereogram pictures? Now, these were pictures of really cool colors, but deep within those colors was a 3D image. 
And in order to be able to look at that image, you had to stare at the picture long enough before that 3D image could come popping out. And most of the time, you would have to cross your eyes, stand on your head, hop on one foot, turn around, do the hokey pokey, the cha-cha slide, and pick your nose before you could even see that image. How many of you are crossing your eyes right now trying to find the image in that? I had the hardest time trying to find those images. Now, I say this because when we look at the story of Jesus walking on water, most of us see the Sunday school story that we heard growing up and even heard preached many times in church. We see the beautiful colors of the overall picture that is preached. And that picture goes something like this. Here's the Sunday school version. The disciples get in a boat. In the middle of the sea, a huge storm comes. The disciples are scared. Jesus walks on water. The disciples are scared even more because they think he's a ghost. Jesus tells them not to be afraid. Peter becomes the hero of the story by telling Jesus that's really him. Then tell him to come walk on the water too. Jesus gives the mother, may I command? Yes, you may, Peter. Peter gets out of the boat and walks on the water because he had more faith than the other disciples. Peter gets scared. These people get scared all the time. They're always terrified of something. Peter gets scared when he takes his eyes off Jesus and begins to sink. He cries out to Jesus to save him. Jesus reaches down and pulls him up. Then they skip to the boat together and get in the boat. The moral of the story is that if we have enough faith like Peter did, then we too can walk on the water. If we have enough faith, if we are moral enough, good enough, faithful enough, you too can overcome all your hardships. If we have enough faith to make our way to Jesus, if we have enough courage to get out of the boat and start walking to Jesus, we too can be like Peter and life will be good. Just have faith. It's that easy. End of story. Thank you for coming. Good night. That's the Sunday school version. Now, I've been told that my spiritual gift is sarcasm. And while that's probably true, I tend to be more cynical when it comes to reading stories like this. I don't want to just look at the obvious picture that most people see where we have a preacher tell us that the solution to our problems is just to have more faith like Peter. That doesn't sit well with me. I want to really stare at the story more so I can get a 3D picture of what's actually taking place. So tonight we are going to look at the 3D version of this story. But the good thing is you won't have to cross your eyes, stand on your head, and do the electric slide in order to see this picture. We're going to look at the characters in this story and what role each one of them play. So here we all are gathered here tonight to hear the story again of a man who walked on water. Some of you are new to the story of Christ, and some of you, it's formed you from the time that you were a baby. I could be wrong, but I think maybe we aren't all here because some preacher told us, have more faith. I think we are here because at some point, we all have heard the story of Jesus, and that story has claimed us at some point, somewhere. At some point, someone told us the story about this God who created the universe, who spoke through prophets, who came to us in Jesus, who ate with sinners, rebuked the powerful, suffered and died and rose again and calls us to a new life. We've heard that story. And here's the thing about stories. They tell us who we are. 
Sometimes the story can tell us what to do, but when we hear who we are, we then know what to do. And God's story found in the Bible does this more than any other story can. And I guess this particular story of Jesus walking on water can be reduced to a moral story about having more faith. But like so much of the Bible, it can also be a way to see who we are and to see who God is for us. So let's put on our 3D glasses and examine this story more by examining the characters in this story so that maybe we can see who we are in the midst of this. The first characters we're going to examine is the disciples in the boat. Now, Jesus tells his disciples to get into a boat and to cross the Sea of Galilee. While they are in the boat, Jesus stays on land, going off in solitude up the mountain to pray. But for whatever reason, he tells them to go ahead of him to the other side. Maybe they were getting on his nerves and he just needed to pray for him a little bit longer. I don't know. But he says, get in the boat, go, get away from me, I guess. By evening, the boat is a long way out and a storm comes. Now, there's little doubt that the disciples are in trouble because in Matthew 14, 24, he describes that situation. Their boat is far from land and he says, battered by the waves because the wind is against it. Now, in this terrain, sudden violent storms can erupt pretty quickly. The reason is, is because the cold air rushing down the surrounding mountains, which was about 4,000 feet above sea level, and it collides with the warm valley air down in the Sea of Galilee, which is about 700 feet below sea level. So the cold air colliding with the warm air can create a storm pretty quickly. And the disciples are likely caught in the middle of that storm. And why are they in this situation to start with? Why are they caught in this storm? They were driven nearly four miles out in the middle of the sea. They're trying to gain control, but they're out of control. They're straining by rowing for about nine hours. They have blistered hands. They're completely exhausted. Why are they there? Because Jesus told them to go. He compelled them to get in the boat and go before him to the other side. Jesus didn't keep them from the storm. He led them to it. They were right in the middle of God's will. And sometimes being right in the middle of God's will is not always pretty. It's purposeful, but sometimes it's also painful. But if life were perfect all the time, many would see no need for God. For many people, the trials, disruptions, and storms in life, though they are unpleasant, are the very thing that causes them to cry out to Jesus. So the disciples battle against the waves and the wind throughout the night. We don't catch another glimpse of them until around four in the morning when Jesus begins to walk toward them on the water and at this point they are worn out they're wet they're cold and they're probably miserable and then they see a figure floating across the sea moving toward them and guess what they're scared they're terrified 
Now, a popular belief in the disciples' time held that the sea was the home of evil spirits, not to mention unknown creatures, both mythical and real. And back then, the sea was also a symbol of chaos. So it's hardly surprising that through their exhaustion, their frazzled nerves, the crashing waves, and strong wind, that they think a ghost is moving toward them. So they cry out in fear, screaming in the storm, and then Jesus tells them, Hey guys, it's me. Don't be afraid. Now this isn't the first time a storm comes while the disciples are in the middle of the sea. In Matthew 8 is a story where they were in a boat with Jesus and a storm comes. This time, Jesus is asleep on the boat and guess what? The disciples were terrified, shockingly, and thought they would drown. So they wake Jesus up and he gets up and he calms the storm. So the disciples already saw his power over the wind and waves one time before, but this time Jesus wasn't in the boat with them. And a big storm comes yet again. Only this time, Jesus is not only going to show them his power over the storm, he's going to show them his power over the water. And both times these disciples encountered a storm in the boat, Jesus' response to them was the same. Do not be afraid. Now, by this time, the disciples had been with Jesus for quite some time. They had seen him do the miraculous over and over again. They had been following him for months and years, witnessing one miraculous deed after another. Jesus turning the water into wine, casting out demons, healing terrible diseases, raised the dead. And the handful of verses here in Matthew that lead up to the story of Jesus on the water mention the miraculous three times just before Jesus performs one of his most iconic miracles where he just fed the 5,000. So it really isn't surprising that Jesus, the miracle worker, can walk on water. But Peter walking on water is the surprising thing. He's our next character we're going to look at. Now, it's not clear why Peter asked to come out on the water, but he asked Jesus. He knows this is not something he can do on his own. He doesn't jump out into the water as a display of authority. He asks Jesus to come and be with him in the place of fear and terror where Jesus is standing. Peter says in Matthew 14, 28, if it's you, Lord, tell me to come to you on the water. Jesus' response to Peter, come on. Now, it's my image of Jesus standing there in the slamming rain, waves crashing all around his feet, right there in the middle of all the terrifying lightning, waves, Wind And Jesus not only walks across it all, he invites Peter to come out and join him in it. To walk across the water too. The real miracle here is not that Jesus does the miraculous, impossible thing. We've seen it done before. It's that Peter does the miraculous, terrifying, and impossible thing when he walks on water. Then guess what? He gets scared. 
He begins to look at the storm around him and he begins to sink. And I love how the message version puts Matthew 14, 31, when Peter begins to sink and Peter cries out to Jesus, the message says, Jesus didn't hesitate. He reached down and grabbed his hand. Then he said, faint heart, what got into you? So basically, Jesus is asking Peter, dude, what's your problem? I am right here with you. Then verses 32 through 33 in the message says this, the two of them got into the boat and the wind died down. The disciples in the boat, having watched the whole thing, worshiped Jesus saying, this is it. You are God's son for sure. Now, like I said at the beginning, hopefully we will see ourselves somewhere in this story. So the next character we're going to look at is you. It's me. Because maybe some of us are like the guys in the boat who are afraid. Maybe we are so caught up in the fear of making the wrong decision that we can't make any decision at all. Or maybe we are like Peter and are experiencing the thrill of stepping into the unknown. Maybe a new relationship, a new job. Maybe you've picked up and moved to start over and everything is unfamiliar. And maybe those first few steps are okay. And then it gets scary. Like Peter walk on the water. He took those first steps. Then things got scary for him. Or maybe you or the person next to you is the one who's sinking in debt, addiction, depression. Or maybe you feel like you're sinking because of what you could handle last month. You just can't handle now. Or maybe you know that all of your own efforts have failed and you're crying out to God to save you. And you're the ones who Jesus is reaching down to catch. And you're clinging, clinging on to his hand for dear life. Or maybe you're the one in the boat looking in wonder at all you've seen. You're the one who bears witness to the miracle and danger of it all. And how the hand of God reaches down and pulls us up. And you see it and can't help but say, truly, this is God. At some point or other, I know I have been all of the above. I have witnessed God moving in my own life. I have witnessed God moving around me. I have witnessed God moving in people's lives. I have experienced the storm of life around me. I have experienced the feeling of sinking and losing everything that I have. I have experienced stepping out into the unfamiliar when I left everything and everyone I knew in North Carolina and moved here three years ago. I was terrified. But I also witnessed the power of God and how Jesus has blessed my own life these past three years in ways I never could have imagined. Now, a lot of what I've heard in the church, both with this story and with so many others, people say it's not who I am, but who I should be. I should be the one with enough faith to walk on water. I should be the one whose eyes are always on Jesus. I should be the one who makes my way to Jesus. Isn't, isn't that the way in most churches say, you should be this, you should be this, you should be this person? 
But all of these characters in this story, the cautious ones in the boat, the brave one who walked for a time on the water, the same one who is afraid and sinks and calls for help, and the ones who saw it all confessed that Jesus is the Son of God, they are all actually equal in their relationship to God. Why? Because all of those people and all of us have one thing in common. We are those who Jesus draws near, saying, it's me. Don't be afraid. See, the focal part of this story for most of us is that Peter walked on the water, which I admit is pretty cool. And maybe he had almost had enough faith to make his way to Jesus. But what happens on either side of his short little water walk is the main point. The focal point we tend to miss is this. Jesus comes toward Peter. Jesus comes to the disciples in the storm. In the storm, Jesus is walking toward the boat. When Peter sinks, Jesus is reaching toward Peter and pulls him up. And then Jesus walks toward those in the boat and he gets in. Yet we seem to always focus on Peter walking toward Jesus when the whole story is about how much Jesus walks towards them, reaches toward them, and then even gets in the boat with them. We might see the moral of the story as you should have so much faith that you can walk on water toward Jesus. But the truth of this story is that Jesus walks toward us. The story, the truth of the story is that my abundance of faith or lack of faith does not deter God from drawing close to me. It's not my performance. It's everything that Jesus has done that even if I'm scared to death, I can say, Lord, save me and the hand of God will find me even in the darkest waters because this is not a story of morals. This is a story of movement, not of heroes of the faith making their way to Jesus, but of Jesus making his way to us in the midst of fear. I would say that the word of God that was made flesh and dwelt among us in Jesus Christ, he draws near to us. He comes toward us every day. He walks toward us saying, it's me, do not be afraid. And he reaches down when we call his name. Did you find yourself somewhere in this story? I've often heard preachers the disciples who stayed in the boat, didn't have enough faith like Peter did. I've heard them diss on those disciples and praise Peter for his faith. But when you look at the story in depth, it doesn't revolve around any of those characters. The story is all about Jesus. It comes back to Jesus. It's all about him coming toward them. It's all about Jesus finding them in the storm and walking toward them on the water. It's all about him pulling Peter out of the water. 
It's all about him getting in the boat with the disciples. And as the disciples did when he got in the boat, we still do today where we say because of his death, life, resurrection, we can look at him and say, surely this man is the son of God. I want to ask the worship team to come forward. As we close tonight in prayer. Father God, we thank you so much that you walk toward us. Jesus, we thank you that you come to us. That you came to this earth to save us. You came here to be killed on a cross for us. You came here to raise from the dead for us. And Father, I don't know the kinds of storms that people are facing in this room tonight. But Father, I pray that you meet them where they are and you say, it's me. Don't be afraid, I got you. Father, if people are in this room that are sinking in debt, addiction, depression, or whatever, I pray that you reach down and grab them by the hand and let them know that you were there. And through all of this, Jesus, we can look to you and we can say, surely you are the Son of God. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.